your source for everything paranormal. Para-X. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual host and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Para-X, its affiliates, or its sponsors. The Gathering. The supernatural world can be a dark, intimidating, and scary place. We gather to shine light on the mysterious and misunderstood aspects of the paranormal world. We bring to the table years of experience as mediums, healing channels, and paranormal investigators. We share true stories from our experiences to dispel fear where we can and help you discover the amazing layers that make up the paranormal world. You are invited to gather around the metaphysical table with us and discuss the worlds of the unseen on The Gathering Radio Show. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to The Gathering Radio Show on the Para-X Radio Network. This is Heidi. And this is Stephanie live from San Juan Island in Washington State. And today is our Taco-licious Tuesday. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Oh, my gosh. So how are you, Heidi? Uh, good. How are you? How are you doing out I'm there? Good. I'm doing great. It's fabulous. It's wonderful. Um, here in the Pacific Northwest, we have been here for about five or six days now, and it has been sunny from morning until night. Hardly any clouds in the sky, about 70 degrees. It's a little bit warmer than that today, so fabulous weather. I, I've never been out here when we've had no cloudiness, you know, so we're a little burnt, and but that's okay. You know, that's what we do. <laughs> but yeah, I know it is fabulous. How are you? Good. I'm actually, and I, I showed you earlier because we can see each other. I'm, I've got paint all over me because yep. uh, I've been busy. I am uh, in like hardcore Halloween prep mode right yeah. now. Right. So it was funny because I um, was, I emailed so many clients today that are trying to get in with stuff. You know, it's, we're getting to the end of summer as much as I hate saying that out loud. But, I know, don't say that. I know, but you know, it's, it's a, you know, whatever we're heading into fall and people are kind of yeah. coming back into the house, you know, bringing it back in for school and work and whatever. And, you know, they're wanting to do sessions and readings and all that stuff. And so, um, I get, I'm getting a ton of emails for people that are wanting to book, you know, later this month into next month, whatever. And I had a, a client that, you know, said only available evenings after seven and weekends and I'm like oh gosh well I could be available in December then right right <laughs> so yeah and she actually thought I said this is I'm just going to keep getting busier until October and actually last year I it overflowed into November because I was so busy that the stuff that wanted to happen in October flowed into November and she thought that was cool, though. She's like, I love knowing people who get busier at the closer we get to Halloween. I'm like, oh, good. So then you'll understand why I can't, get, <laughs> I can't get you in if that's all I have to work with. Because I do evenings and weekends. That's classes, events. I am running around doing investigations. I mean, it's, yeah, I'm rarely in the studio working one-on-one -on -one sessions in the evenings after probably 530 because then I have to start getting ready for a class or I have to head to a location or whatever and you know I do need a couple of evenings off and weekends off because I have a family so you know you want to see them oh, too yeah. so well, so I do need well, a, sure. a few off here and there so yeah it's uh but I'm glad she appreciated the the reason because <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm in full Halloween mode right now with the prep parts of course oh, yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah. Well, good. Yeah, I mean, there's just and you know, since I came back to sim, we're just like crazy busy too, right? It's like, oh my god, the months of September and October are like out of control busy, you know. Mm -hmm. So, so happy to have this, you know, ten day stretch on the island, <laughs> so I can kind of, you know, come into it with a little more 
rest, I guess, you know? I yeah. Don't, but, um, yeah. I'll have to do, I'll have to do something like that. Maybe starting next year, get some so. like hardcore time off before yes. the season hits because I just, I don't do that. And then I, I know that by November I'm not doing I'm tired (laughs) so So you need to do it so here's what I'm thinking we need to do it before and then maybe a nice long weekend after at some point like mid-November when all the craziness is gone so that we can just kind of just you know but you know the paranormal stuff has been going on the last few years like all through the year right we've had calls it's it used to be, I mean, we know that it happens all year long, but we, we think it used to have calls, you know, like in the crazy January, February, March months, you know, and now it's mm-hmm. like, wow, they just never end. So, yeah. 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 Which, you know, you, you, you do it cause you know, people need help or whatever, yeah. but yeah, it really hasn't died down. Um, no. it stays, no. it stayed pretty consistent. So, yeah. which oh, exactly. is, that's the way it is. So I know. Yeah. I know. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just the way it is. (laughs) That is absolutely the truth. So I have to tell you about the island. So as you know, this is the place that I come to to collect myself, right? Because this is where all parts of me come back together. I spend a lot of time on the beach. I spend a lot of time on the west side waiting for the whales. And somehow after a couple of days, I feel like steppy again, you know? Um, this is no different. So, so Friday, we got here on Thursday and Friday we went out to False Bay, which is the coolest place, you guys. It is a, um, it's a small bay here on the island that when the tide is low, it totally empties out and it doesn't empty out completely unless, unless the tide is so low that it's negative several feet, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but this year, we knew that it was going to be like negative two or something, right? So, boy, the day after we got here, we were out there in the morning, and I wanted to get to this rock. So there's this rock that's kind of at the mouth of the bay, and it's kind of like if you could get there, it's a big rock. And if you could get there, it would be like even with the ocean, right? So I'm guessing you would probably, it would, the water would probably be up to your waist anyway, right? But you would be there, and I just to see it so bad right because we've been coming here for 26 years right never been able to make it to the right so yes so friday morning we walked and we walked and i went really fast because i didn't want it to come to start coming in you know and still it was too far (laughs) the water was just it wasn't out far enough and i was so disappointed but i'm telling you what I just did a happy dance when I was out there in this empty bay because it just it just makes you feel so happy. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, it's just the best thing ever. It's just so magical. And your feet are in the in the muck of false bay, which, you know, sand and stuff, you know, and it's just feels so good. And, you know, you're seeing, you know, there's there's a lot of seaweed that makes your feet feel. I said we should really bring some home and put on our faces because I bet our faces would just be phenomenally soft. But it is just so fun. And then, you know, you look for there's little creatures, you know, that that are normally under the water, you know. So it is just, but it just, it just brings you back. And I just did a little dance of delight out there. <laughs> you know, it was just like, oh, my God, this is my happy place. But, um, yeah, absolutely phenomenal. But I didn't make it to the rock once again. So I think next year we're going to have to look at the tide charts and find out when it's even further in the negative so, and if it's a time when we can get out here because i know in june i think it was even less you know so then we might be able to get to that rock because it was even too deep for me to swim right i thought about jumping in, but you know you just, of course you did <laughs> i know of course i did but you'd have to it's so cold the water is so cold up here you know what i mean so um yeah just well, what I or twenty feet or whatever, it'd be okay. But this was like, you know, at least a hundred or two hundred feet. Yeah. What were you gonna well, say? You, well, you have to be careful though, because when the tide goes out, if it takes you that long to get there, will right. it start coming back while you're trying to make your way back to the? You, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't come back, gush back like you would think. 
I mean, it takes a long time to come back. And I remember one time when Casey was little and we went out and we walked out. It wasn't half as far back as it was this time or low. And it was coming back already. We knew this. And so we went out far and then we said, oh, gosh, we got to almost run back because we don't. And I mean, it was still a huge amount of time, you know, so it just kind of trickles back, you know. But Well, good, because I don't want you to get swept away. No, no, but it is so amazing, you know, and it's fun to see the bottom of the sea of what it looks like with no water. You know what I mean? It's just the coolest thing ever. And it is a marine um, sanctuary, right? So it's it's the University of Washington. It's a biological uh, research area, you know, so it's cool. And it's really cool that they that they still let people out there, right? Because, I mean, there's not a lot of people that do this, right? I mean, you got to mm-hmm. be gotta like the muck you gotta like the to get through all the all the slimy sea waves to get out there but um it's just the coolest thing ever you know um so yeah Jerry, i told her a million times but she won't listen well you know what but we've always been fine right and we can swim come on we can swim we're fine <laughs> that's what everybody says before they get swept out to sea well i'll be okay i can swim but but if the water is coming back, you're not going to get swept out of sea because it'll just you know you'll get it'll push you back towards the shore, right? Here's hoping about that. Yeah, no, no, that's what that's what would for sure have happened. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's just it's just uh, amazing. You know, now this time around though, I have to you know we come in the in the winter months and in the fall months sometimes. The winds are so crazy out here, gale force winds. And, oh, my God, the energy is um, its just amazing when you go out to South Beach because it's just like <gasps> I could stay there all day. And I know Casey almost has to drag me back, you know, because it's just the most amazing thing. And it's been really calm this time, like glass. It's like glass. And at night when we go to see the, see the sunset, it is just like, it's like looking at a lake. It's so, I've never seen it so calm. So I, and I really haven't been out here. I think I was out here maybe one other time in August. So it's, you know, just the different times of year, you know? So, but it's so cool. So, yes. So this is, yeah. See, Joe is saying walking the beach, searching for tide pools is fun. It is fun. We spend a lot of time doing that. It's just amazing. So magical, amazing um, and then one of the other things I was going to say, because I know you wanted me to tell everybody about my magic island. Um, even though this island is so small, I mean, it really isn't that small, right? It's like, I don't know, 12, 15 miles probably from the from the tip at Cattle Point up to Roche Harbor. And then it's probably, I don't know, five to seven miles wide. You know, it's shaped, it's, it's kind of oddly shaped, but... Um, but there are still what I what I'm trying to say is there are still places on this island that I have never been, you know. And we ran across this place looking for salmon berries. So, oh my gosh, the blackberries right now are all ripe and they're big, juicy, and they're everywhere on the island, right? You just drive down the road and there's just blackberry bushes everywhere. And every day we get you know just a bowl full of blackberries, and of course I eat them all because they're just fantastic. But there's also this other kind of berry that the islanders always talk about. It's called salmon berries. And they're like blackberries, but they're salmon in color, right? So they're kind of orangey-pinky. And we heard that there was bushes um, at this place called, I'm not even going to say it because it's kind of a secret, right? But so we went there. And what I was astounded to find is that, wow, this place has these trees that are the biggest trees I've ever seen on this island. They are, oh my gosh, I'm going to put, I'm going to put a picture in the chat room. You can hardly see me. You can hardly see me at the base. And it was amazing. But as we were walking through there, suddenly I felt like there was something calling me, you know, and I looked and it was like a hollow. It was, that's what I would call it. It was the ridge, kind of a little ridge there in the hollow. And it went down. Um, there were fairies there absolutely fairies and they were buzzing around talking 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 i just felt buzzy and tingly from head to toe and it's like oh my god this is the most amazing thing this is where the fairies live you know and they were like 
just chatting, chatting, chatting. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to come back here alone. You know, Casey was with. I'm like, she didn't want to stay there long. So whatever. So we left. But I will, I thought we'd get back there today. But we had other too many other things going on. So tomorrow I'm going to go back to that hollow and see what they have to say. You know? But talk about magic, right? Whoa. Cool. It was just amazing. But yeah, so like I said, there's all these places that, you would think after coming here for all these years, I most certainly would have seen every part of this island. And that's just not the case. You know, it's just amazing. So, Well, I think you have your favorite places, right? You uh-huh. go to your, do your favorite things, which is why you go there. But, yeah, with how much time you're there this time, you might, you know, yeah, oh. investigate some of those places you haven't been to before. Right. right. And there's just so much life out here right now. I mean, there's just so much energy. It is just, it's amazing. It's just, it's just amazing. Like just buzzy with, with life energy, you know? And I know I said, oh, I should go to, um, out to the mausoleum, but it's like, you know what? I'm too busy with living energy to deal with the dead right now. <laughs> with paranormal stuff, you know, that's something I think we need to come in, you know, maybe next time we come out like in November or December, maybe that's when we go to the mausoleum, you know? But, um, yeah, it's just, it's the coolest thing ever. Magic, crazy energy. But, yeah, most of the time we spend waiting for the whales. And, unfortunately, this time we're keeping the whales away from the island because a ship sunk on the west side just, oh, really close to the county campground. Um, And this happened on Saturday afternoon and the whales were on their way back. Actually, they had been sighted and actually they were, they, we saw, we saw them uh, at South beach later that day, but then we found out about this boat that had sunk just up. It was north of it's close to sunset point, which is um, on the West side, close to the County park and leaks, it's leaked. It had 2,600 gallons of diesel fluid, uh, fluid on board and about a thousand, I think a thousand gallons, they said, of hydraulic oil. And it's leaking into the water. And the whales, being smart, you know, I think they sensed something was wrong. They probably could smell it because it was awful. And they turned and headed back out west. Thank God, right? Because we don't mm-hmm. want them anywhere near that. That'll kill them, right? right. And so the next day, we went out to the county park and oh my God, you could see the oil, the sheen from this fuel was everywhere in the water and the smell was, oh, it would, you couldn't breathe. It was That's just terrible. Tremendous. It was awful. And then, and then, um, it was all up and down the coast, even down by our favorite spot where we go on landing and, um, South Beach and, oh, it was, you know, but the good thing, the good news about about um, diesel fuel is that it's one of the easier ones to kind of resolve itself because the sun will evaporate it, right? So the sun and the wind work together and evaporate it. But, I mean, they have to get this. It's still down there. So now the boat has shifted and it's even, it's 200 feet deep rather than 100 feet deep. And so... They're just having a really hard time. I don't know how they do this. You know, we were out there yesterday and we had a conversation with the Coast Guard because they were there. They've, they've got three big ships keeping everybody away, of course. And, uh, of course, everybody's looking for the whales. And if, and if they come, they'll deter them with sound, underwater sound, so that they'll go back, which is so sad, right? This, this is where they live, you know? And, um, mm-hmm. but... I mean, what an ordeal, right? So they have all these booms and they have nets and the Coast Guard has three big ships out there and they have salvage ships and divers and, oh my gosh. And of course, everyone feels like the response has been too slow, too little, too slow. But really, I mean, when you when you listen to these Coast Guard people talk, it's like, well, you know, it's never fast enough, but, but we're talking about the whales here you know this is their habitat this is an ecological preserve and there's seals and porpoises and you know there there was a porpoise that washed up on south beach i I haven't not heard if it was because it was the you know poisoned by the fuel and there have been a couple of seals and 
we said, what can we do? What can we do to help? And they said, well, can you be on call? And if someone calls in something, can you run and, you know, kind of stake out the area or whatever? You haven't been trained in mammal, you know, recovery, so you can't really do anything, but at least you can go. And yesterday we had a call, Casey had a call, and they said there was a seal that washed up at South Beach. And I'm like, and it was dad. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to see a dead seal. You know, it just breaks my heart. But somebody had gotten there before us, but I don't think the seal was taken from the oil because the people there told me that the seal didn't have a head. So I don't know what it got oh. that seal. I'm guessing maybe so it whale. was a transient. It might have been a transient orca. See, the, the southern residents, they only eat salmon. So they don't eat the seals, but the transients do. But I'm not sure why they would take the head in that. And then it was a baby, they said. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't see it, you know. But, um, yeah, just crazy, crazy. What ha- so how did the boat get in the accident? Like, what happened? You know, Is it- you know, I know. that's what I asked. And they, don't, they didn't really, you know, I, maybe they know more than what they can say. Well, hopefully it doesn't happen again. Jeez. Right. I mean, this is a huge wake-up call because that oil stretched, that gas and that oil stretched all the way down the whole west side of the island, all the way down to South Beach. But the good news is that because the sun has been out every single day and there's been a little bit of a breeze, there was a little bit of a breeze on Sunday, I think. By yesterday morning, when we went out there, you couldn't smell it anymore. And the Coast Guard said that there was still a sheen, but it was by the boat right so it was kind of contained in the area of the boat and where we were at the campgrounds which you can see all this happening from the campgrounds um we didn't visibly see it and you couldn't smell it anymore you know and today we went out there too so no you can't see it or smell it so that's a good thing oh. but i'm just hoping so is can... it well are they cleaning it up then or are they is it just yeah, like well, dissipating or into the ocean or whatever well the the fuel will dissipate uh, you know, like I said, it evaporates. But they're more worried about that oil, about the, the oil, the lubricating oil and stuff that's in there. And they say they're trying to figure out, the divers have been down there, and they're trying to figure out how to do it and be safe, because now it's 200 feet deep, where it was 100 feet deep when it first happened, but because of the currents and the shifting, you know, it went down another ledge, you know, and so it's it's more difficult. So they have a some kind of subterranean vehicle, I guess, down there. The Coast Guard, they have this giant, huge ship down there right now. And um, so they need to be safe, of course, but they'll some, I don't know how they work it. I think it's quite amazing to think that they can get hoses in there to suck out all the oil and the, and the fuel so that it can't leak anymore, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, it just... Um, well, gee, Casey just handed me a long thing about uh, this, how it's, how to work it. But, yeah, so I don't think anybody needs it. But I can put a link on here. Um, wow. Yeah, so, okay, so what they're saying is the divers will dive down and attach float balloons to the boat to lift it off the bottom, lighten and stabilize it. Then the bigger vessel will move over the wreck. And with more help from the divers, attach a cable, raise the boat to the surface using an onboard crane. The boat will then be secured and whatever fuel, oil, et cetera, can be removed safely. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, and there's pictures mm-hmm. here, too. So I wonder when this is going to happen and can we go see it tomorrow. Oh, so we'll be out there tomorrow. So more to be, more to come. You know, yeah. next but. They, all I can say is, thank goodness, the orcas were smart enough to get out. I mean, because they had just been, we were waiting on the west side. We knew they were coming. You know, they'd been spotted near Sook. And, of course, there's people all over that watch them. Now they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. And this happened. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you know, but they're, you know. And we saw a seal go right through it on Sunday. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, it's like, it's just, it's just horrific. It's just a total disaster. And. Boy, they really need to get their stuff figured out. You know, if they're going to let these boats be that close to the sanctuary, they need to have people that can get out there immediately and contain it. And people that can, you know, I mean, the researchers here are just out of control, mad, you know, and I can Mm -hmm. me too, you know. But when you listen to the Coast Guard, it's like there was not much they could do. You know, everything takes time, you know. 
Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But anyway, thank God for the Coast Guard, right? Because they're doing such a fabulous job. And I know I, you know, I thanked them and I said, you know, this is a tough situation, you know, and thank you for being here this whole time and, you know, guarding the whole thing and making sure that whales don't come. So anyway, that's yeah. my story. But wow. it is. And so, but this area is far enough away from where I think it's, quite a ways away from where like that sea pen is that they're going to bring Tokate, right? Right. Well, I don't know what, I don't know that the sea pen is even in yet. I know Howard was saying on the Tokate. But that area. But no, right? yeah. She's, so she, she's, not, she's, they're looking at a different island actually. Yeah. So they, this won't impact the timeline at all, right? No. Or it no, shouldn't. No. Hopefully not. It won't. That, this, this, this material will not get over to that island. Um, it's far right. enough away. And the place they want to put her is a kind of a cold, you know, and at first they wanted to put her here on San Juan. That was kind of the plan for a long time. And we know the bay they were going to put her in. It's secluded, um, private, you know, like private drives and stuff. But I just think there's just too much boat traffic on San Juan Island. And there's too many people that want to see the whales. So I'm, I think they're afraid that they would just, there would just be constant boats out there trying to see her, you know, of course, mm-hmm. of course, that's the way people are. So, yeah, so this other one is much less in the, in the traffic, you know, which is good. But yeah, good. so Toki, yeah, Toki, so she's doing good. I mean, there have been articles in People Magazine and Newsweek this week I've, talking I've about seen that. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's so fun to watch. I missed it this week because we were out doing other things while we were up here and I should have watched it anyway. But uh, this coming Sunday's Toki TV, they're having Raynell Morris is going to be on. She was on oh. the show yep. the first time with Howard. But yeah, so oh, let's just fingers crossed, everybody. Toki needs all our prayers because she's still got this infection. But like Howard says, you know, put her up in her natural seawater and she'll be well in no time. I mean, that poor girl is in chlorinated water. You know, that's got to be. And she's been in it for 52 years. You know? So, and her mama, and her mama, Ocean Sun, has been spotted several times up here. So, mm-hmm. I'm in the last month. So, yay! She's waiting for her. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, when, I, when you told me about that that spill i thought oh man i hope it's not near because she doesn't need any more setbacks that's for sure no no and yeah she's that the island she's going to be on is yeah far away from where that was and i think like i said the good news is that it dissipates really fast you know um and hopefully they can get it up you know and get it out so Mm -hmm. good oh yeah Uh, so that's that's what's going on. I'm gonna put this. I'm gonna post this picture in the in the chat room of what that oil that fuel on the water looked like the other day. If you open, you gotta make it big. But that's just a yeah. little sample. Oh yeah, right there it is. Yeah, and of course, like I said, you can see this the shipwreck site from there from this vantage point. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's awful. Huh. Uh, you have to put the picture of the tree. Didn't you say you had a picture of a tree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, yeah, let me put this. Get that in the chat room. Yeah, that's, people are doing the sad face on the picture you just posted, and it is sad. Oh, it's awful, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so here, so make this one bigger when it finally comes up. And I'm at the very bottom of this ginormous tree, and this has to be maybe a tree from. Oh, my of the island, right? I mean, she's huge. And there was <laughs> I'm like, I can't even see you. And I know. There we are. They were, there were several that big. See, there's one right next to her, and there's, um, you know, we talk about the remote, the remote forty. You know, the big forty at North. What's that called again? Um, and they're big, but wow, this these are like enormous. Yeah. You know, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, you'd need a whole pile of people standing armed, armed to reach around that I, thing. I know, because look at me. That's I mean, cool. you hardly even see me. I know. Yeah. It's just craziness. Um, I'll post a couple other pictures in here, too, because I wanted to post a picture. So here's the hollow I was talking about. And you, it, it really just looks like a tree. But if you look, you can see um, 
you can see close that it's like you know i don't think you could actually go down in there because it's too it's too wooded first of all and it's dangerous i think it's dangerous you know it's it's a pretty big drop off so i couldn't go in there but wow you can sure stand on the edge there where i was and then um and then here is a picture of sunrise this morning which was absolutely beautiful and this was taken right off of uh Close to on the other, close to South Beach, actually, on the east side of the island, obviously, but just gorgeous. Oh yeah, that's pretty. Then, Very oh, magical. Another. Yes. Okay. And here's one more of these trees because I'm just so fascinated with the trees. There's a tree that I I go see every a couple of trees that I go see every time I'm here, and one of them is actually in that campground area there where I took the picture of the oil slick. And she's mm-hmm. big and old like that, but she is not tall like that. I mean, that was just unbelievable, you know? Wow. Cool. Yeah. 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 Good. So, yeah. I love it. Magic in the air. And one more. Okay. Here's the blackberries that I picked this morning. Just have a look. Casey picked even more. And we're, we've been giving them to our neighbors here at the condos, too. <laughs> Because oh, I mean, yum. they're everywhere. They're everywhere, you know? So. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm stuck. So, goodness, you know, I think I overtalked our, our commercial break. So, this is the Gathering Radio Show on the Para X Radio Network. In order for the light to shine so brightly, the darkness must be present. Tune in every Monday at 10 o'clock for Dark Sun Rising on the Para-X Radio Network. Hey Heidi, have you listened to The Calling lately? Why yes, Steph, I have. It's really good. Have you? Absolutely. It's what I would say is a wild and woolly affair. So does that mean it's a wild and woolly Wednesday show? (laughs) Well, I definitely think that that's true. So you know we listen, since The Calling is the sibling show to our show, The Gathering. Listen to The Calling Radio Show with Jerry and Kimberly Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Right here on the Para-X Radio Network. Hi, this is Marla Brooks from Stirring the Cauldron. Thursdays are a great night on the Para-X Radio Network. On the first and third Thursdays of the month at 8 p.m., it's Tango and Friends, hosted by Bruce Tango. And on the alternate Thursdays at 8 p.m., tune in to Stirring the Cauldron, the Archive podcast. Every week at 9 p.m. Eastern, join me on Stirring the Cauldron Live. And then at 10 p.m., stick around for New Aeon Now with Lily Alley, Davron Michaels, and Christine Matza. Finally, to round out the night, join Dr. Kelly Renee Schutz on the Paranormal Encounters podcast. All this, every Thursday, right here on Para-X. Welcome back to the Gathering Radio Show on the Para-X Radio Network. And we're having our, what did you call it, Steph? Talkalicious Tuesday? Talkalicious Tuesday. <laughs> Talk you know, Tuesday. Whose idea was Talkalicious was Jerry, so I have to, you know, get ah, credit where it is too, Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Well, we're having our talk Tuesday and just catching up on what we've been up to. And you've been talking about the magical island. You're there right now, which is uh, great hearing about it and seeing some photos in the chat room. If you guys can get into the chat room to see, it's fun to see some of these photos. So I just that's your picture of the tide out. So this is false bay. Yep. And if you look, so see that rock way out in the middle. So yeah. that's the rock that I so wanted to get to. <laughs> I know. You know what this reminds me of? Okay. When I've um, I've gone to Ireland a couple of times, and this reminds me of this beach in Ireland that the tide was out, and we had 
some time before our next tournament or whatever. I think we were actually out running in between. And so we were, you know, out for a run, our team was, and we saw this beach. And so we stopped and it looked kind of like this, not the rocks on it, but it was definitely like the water's out there, you know. And so we thought, oh, well, let's go walk to the water. Uh, no, that was deceptive how far away it was. Oh. Yeah, And that's what this reminds me of is how, you know, it's probably, I mean, who knows how far away it is. And then we thought we just kept walking and walking and it felt like um, a bad movie or something that it wasn't ever coming any closer, which it probably wasn't. It was still going out. But anyway, it would have taken us forever to get back if we would have actually gotten all the way out there. So we couldn't do it. But uh, it was it looked kind of like this where it was just probably pretty deceptive on how far away it actually is. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. And it's, I think it's two miles from shore to where the water was out there. Oh, yeah. Either a mile and a half because it was almost four miles total because we had our trackers on because I wanted to see how far it was. So, yeah, yeah, it was, it was quite a walk, you know, and some of it is a little difficult because it's muck, right? So it's hard to. Yeah, it is hard to walk in like quicksand, sort of. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, cool beans, cool beans. So, yeah. So that's what I've been doing, guys. Nice. Just having a good time up here. And, oh, you know what else is happening up here is the um, county fair is happening starting tomorrow. And we have never been to the county fair before. So I'm excited. So we'll go and check it out and see, see how they do it out here on San Juan Island. But, um, It'll be super fun, I'm sure. I know one of our one of our friends um, is running for sheriff, and we asked him, "What can we do?" And he said, "Well, I have a booth. Do you guys want to sit at the booth for an hour so I can walk around?" And we said, "Absolutely." <laughs> so nice. I guess we're going to be campaigning a little bit while we're here too. So that'll be fun. Hanging with the locals. Hanging with the locals. Yes. Well, we know, like I said, we know a lot of them, you know, and like I said, all day today, there have been people stopping by to look at this, look at the stuff that we do. <laughs> it's kind of fun, actually. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, do you, what would you like to talk about today? Um, okay. So, I had a, um, I've been getting ready for, we have our high priestess circle coming up this weekend. I'm running two circles currently because we have two years of this process. And so the first year is the priestess, the shamanic priestess circle. And I have a group going through that. And now this weekend we have the high priestess circle. So they went through the circle last year. This is their second year. And so I've been getting ready for this upcoming weekend and our focus um, in the second year is bringing our work into the world, right? And work is whatever it is. You know, it's just your talents, your gifts. You know, we kind of, you know, do some discovery and uncovering in the first year. And then the second year, it's like, well, how am I going to be me, my authentic self in the world where, you know, women are often challenged and, you know, have some disadvantages to say the least. So this weekend coming up is about money and, so I've been thinking about just my own journey and things. And so it's been interesting because of the work that I do, you know, and we talked about some of it last week on our show with, you know, doing readings and um, energy work and things like that. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that used to come up more than it does now, but I, you know, every once in a while you still hear it from someone is uh, when people tell you that you shouldn't charge to do this. And that always... Um, in, in the beginning, it, I was uncomfortable having that discussion, but now I'm okay with it because, you know, I've had, um, you know, people in the past have said, you know, you shouldn't charge for what you do. What you do is a gift. And I thought, well, anybody that has a natural talent, you know, they can't do that for a living. You know, let's say you're a natural athlete. You can't do that for a living. You know, why not? And, um, and it doesn't mean that you also, you know, you're also training really hard and or studying or working to improve yourself usually when someone wants to continue uh, getting better at what they're already good at um, you know that takes study and focus and time and energy and uh, possibly education you know whatever trainers all that stuff equipment so I thought well that's that's an odd thing to say if anybody with a natural gift would be 
uh, not able to charge, you know, or do that professionally. So um, I, I don't under, I just don't understand. I think we get singled out because it seems like more of a divine, you know, this divine uh, work that we're doing and so that we shouldn't charge. I actually had someone talk to me, um, this was a few years ago, and was looking for a mentor. And I said, well, I do mentor people. And, you know, here's how I would meet with them. This is what it costs. And he said, well, you shouldn't charge to mentor someone. And I said, well, I don't understand what, why. And uh, he said, I, um, he gave me his reasons, you know, the things I just said. And I said, well, have you worked with a mentor before? And he said, yeah. And I said, why don't you continue to work with that mentor then? You know, if you have found someone that you were working with, why didn't you stay with them? And he said, well, I, I can't. He had to go get a job because he couldn't afford to do it. And I said, well, he could have if he would have charged to do right, this. Right, you know, if, right. you know, if it, that's not his choice, that's fine too. But you know, however he wanted to do it. I mean, the mentor, not the the student. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know, I I thought, well, if, okay. So if you don't charge to do this, you either have to be independently wealthy, or have someone else supporting you, right? Or for whatever reason, you just don't need money, or you can do like what I did for a long time. And in the beginning, I wasn't charging because I was just doing this as an outlet for my energy because I had a lot of energy flowing and intuitive energy flowing. And so I would just do it, you know, for friends, family, whatever. And I didn't charge because it, it wasn't a thing that I would charge for way back then. And that's almost 20 years ago. And so, um, and I was working a full-time job, but the more I did the, you know, my intuitive work and the energy work, the more it crept into my free time and really ate it up. And I thought, okay, I can't, I can't keep spending my free time on all of this, I'm not getting anything else done. I don't get any fun activities. Uh, that's all gone. I won't get any housework done. I won't get anything that I need to do for my life other than work at my day job and then do this outside of it. And so I had to make that decision. I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to do this full time, I have to charge because I have bills to pay. And that is a an energy exchange money for services rendered, right? So, Absolutely. and... Um, yeah. So anyway, it's an interesting uh, topic, I guess. And in being in this field too, it it comes up every once in a while where people say, "Oh, you shouldn't get, uh, you shouldn't get paid to do this. You should do it. You should gift it away." And I thought, well, okay, I I can't afford to gift it away. And if someone, you know, if you would, if you want to work with me, let's say as a mentor, or someone wants me to mentor them, I won't be able to do it if I don't get paid because I'll have to go get a different job. And I won't right. be doing this again. So anyway, so it's an interesting, it's just been an interesting week, you know, as I'm getting ready for this upcoming class, which is coming up this weekend. And, yeah. you know, we're talking about money um, and women specifically, but, you know, just in my own, you know, from my own vantage point where I sit doing this kind of work, it's come up from, well, you know, an interesting perspective. Well, and here's the other thing is you are teaching people something you're giving them something if you went to take a class you would be paying for that class right and like joel even says pastors and priests get paid which is absolutely true and then he said even jesus got paid in many ways absolutely you know so yeah no i i don't understand people like that you know it's like well then don't 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 ask for it you know and I mean, yeah. I, I gift quite a bit of what I do. Away. You know, I look for, I, I try to average at least, you know, 10% of the time I spend is mm-hmm. for someone that needs it and I don't charge. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's probably, it's probably way more than that actually, but um, I make a point to do work for people who can't afford it or mm-hmm. um, are, you know, struggling. And, you know, I've, frankly got a wait list because there's people that need help that I, I can't just do free work. I mean, no. I wish I could. Yeah. I wish I could help everybody that needed help that couldn't afford it. Um, and I will get to people as I can, but you know, I have to take it in small chunks because I, I just, I have to also work and get paid, but I do make it a focus to help people who can't afford it because I want to make sure that that, you know, I, I do want to help people. And uh, so, but yeah, it's an interesting 
topic that comes up and it's part of our um, it's part of our format because it is something that you know we run into but anyway I just I, it's specific to my field which is you know mm-hmm. the spiritual paranormal all that you know it's just um, it comes up every once in a while as uh, a challenging topic and so it's something that's been on my plate this you know past week as I've been preparing again and just mm-hmm. brushing up on the topic. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. And, you know, like even I know that, you know, sometimes we do, we lead par- public paranormal investigations and, you know, it's not like we charge a fortune. We don't, we're talking 20 bucks, 25 bucks. But what it does do is it goes into the STEM fund then, and that helps buy equipment and helps buy, stuff for the team you know maybe some travel expenses or whatever you know because it's expensive for paranormal groups too to do this it's expensive period end of story but some people have a problem with that too it's like well you shouldn't be charging well then don't come don't come you don't have to you know i i just yeah i know it's a a little different thing but at the same time it's like really come on go yeah i uh yeah we we don't charge for investigations but if there's other work that needs to be done or extensive work then you know depending on what it is I might you know to do some things but um, typically for a regular investigation we don't but yeah it does it does get expensive I mean but you know anybody that is doing this you know you you look at it as Mm -hmm. any hobby really you know that you're gonna probably pay you're not gonna make money off your hobby I don't know anybody that makes money off of a hobby well some people probably do I'm sure they do I don't um not off of hobbies anyway but you know but that's the way it is that's why you do it is because you want to do it you love doing it and you'll invest in that and um but yeah it's uh it is an interesting little uh you know topic that comes up it is it is. And, you know, like I said, our group that we don't charge for anything either. Public paranormal investigations are, if you want to come along as a, just an observer and be on an investigation, then you pay to be a participant in that investigation. It's like, member squatchers, every once in a while, squatchers will get people that say, hey, can we come out in the woods with you? We'll pay. And I'm like, yeah, no, there are too many things that could happen to you in the woods. I'm not doing that. You know, so yeah, events are different than a paranormal investigation. I mean, you're doing a paranormal event that's different Mm -hmm. than I mean. There's a lot of setup. There's a lot of you know, there's a lot. (laughs) There's a lot lot of stuff. There's a lot of things. (laughs) A lot of balls in the air for those things. You know, so yeah, for sure. So, but yeah. Well, goodness. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's coming up this weekend and so it's just been been on my mind and but that's you know the nice thing about these circles is it gets you thinking about things and also looking at them from a new perspective which is really good you know you want to make sure that you're getting um you're doing you know you're you're bringing up things that allow you to turn them over and inside out and um you know get those aha moments Mm mm-hmm you know, which is good for anything, I think, but mm-hmm. your own, you know, in your personal life and the direction you want to go in your life, I think it's helpful to have those opportunities to kind of open things up and look at them from a different viewpoint. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, one of the things I was going to ask you, so this is a, totally a different subject, but Jerry and on the calling last week, they talked about, do you think that um, going to a place where there was, you know, like rampant disease that killed a lot of people to go there to investigate that you would get the disease, that it would come back and grab you? What do you think about that? Ah, uh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Is it safe um, or Plagues, like plagues. Sorry, thanks, Jerry. <laughs> like that plagues. Word. I would, I would definitely want to do my research before I went to a place like that. Like, I don't know how long does soil hold something? How long does a a structure that's made of wood or 
you know, I mean, think of asbestos. It's fine if it's sitting there, but if you disrupt it, it could be deadly. Not immediate, but definitely at some point um, it could be. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. I would ha- I would definitely oh. want to do my research before going to somewhere like that because I, I don't know. Energetically, it could be very damaging because of the energy that's there. Mm-hmm. I would... I would definitely want to make sure that I'm ready and prepared and healthy in all forms before I would go to a place like that because just the energy, the emotional and mental impacts would be really, really overwhelming, I would imagine, if you're not really careful and prepared. And, you know, I talk to people even about being physically healthy before you go to a place Mm -hmm. like that, being physically fit, you know, and things like that. And I'm diet, exercise, everything. I mean, that kind of stuff can take you down if you're not physically fit. So I would definitely expect that to be challenging on an energetic level for, and, and physical level, just because of the energy there, but the actual plague or something like that, I don't know. I'd want to do some serious research before I just fling myself into the pit, you know? Well, and like Jerry's saying, but in feelings, um, only not the full blown disease. Um, so, so, so here's the point of question. I know Kim talked about this too. So last April we had an event at the Humbird Hotel Barn Grill, and Kim suddenly fell ill. But you know, though, the more I think about it, she didn't feel very good when we were on our way there either. You know, mm-hmm. and but while we were there, suddenly we were investigating, and suddenly she's like, um. I'm just going to pitch over and I'm like, okay, you're, you're, we're getting you out. You know, we got her out and, you know, brought her outside. And, and then I just told her, I said, you're done. You're done for the night. You can't investigate anymore. And then Jerry sat with her for the rest of the night, but she said that she got super sick after that. Um, and that she was sick for a long time. And, you know, the place, this Humbird Inn was a place. It was like a, um, makeshift hospital for those who had smallpox. Was it smallpox, Jerry? I know you're I know you're in the chat room and I can't remember. It was some disease in the eighteen like eighteen eighty five. It was smallpox or diphtheria or something like that. And it was used as a makeshift uh, hospital for that. So I don't know. Interesting stuff, you know? Yeah. Well energetically I think you could and I think people that are already vulnerable would be more susceptible. To something like that, because, again, for all the reasons, if you're not mentally, emotionally, physically and spiritually prepared and strong and healthy, you're vulnerable uh, to those kinds of things. And so I think anybody, you know, yeah, you could get really sick from a location. So it's important to be healthy. Be in, yeah, in your best version of right. you if you're going to do anything that's challenging or dangerous or strenuous anything it doesn't have to be just paranormal investigating but i think people underestimate how strenuous or dangerous this could be depending on the location you're going to yes and even even like tuberculosis sanatoriums i mean all that stuff and because we know even going in there healthy i remember when we were at the waverly hills and if you're if you're an empath at all, oh my gosh, the feelings those spirits imposed upon me. I cried all the way through the was it the fourth floor that was the surgical floor because it was just such a feeling of hopelessness and they were projecting this to me, you know, and it's like so if you're not well, how do you you have to be well, no matter what well, and- like anything like you're just saying. You know, even if you're well, though, and you don't know if you can't keep yourself protected, I mean, you're still mm-hmm. in danger. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So it's it. Yeah. Any of that can any location could be really dangerous mm-hmm. depending on, you know, your, you know, yourself going into it and yep. level of health, uh, level of protection. Yep. You know, if you can't yep. be protected, you're going to get something on you, you know, or empathing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. But, you know, like, and even in just simple paranormal investigations, if somebody's not feeling well, I always say, you know, you're not coming, you know, because that's, you're just not up to par. You know, you shouldn't mm-hmm. be out there doing that. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was an interesting question. Interesting show yeah, had. no, it's, I totally think that you can get sick from 
locations for all the reasons. I mean, right. it's, it's just uh, underestimated. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't yeah. know. And that's I'm yeah. still sticking with it. I would still do some research because I don't know. I don't know. And there could be a million people that, you know, say, oh, you're probably not going to, you know, oh, you can't get sick. I'm like, well, do you know for sure? Like, is that a fact? I want to know. Because you never, I mean, I don't, again, like the locations that I've been to, and we've talked about this, that have asbestos in them. I'm not taking any chances. I'm wearing a full mask, like one that has the asbestos um, filters on them that you can take off and screw in, you know, screw in those filters that's what i wear a full face mask with those uh, the filters and because i have no desire to have anything bad happen to me 20 years down the road from that you know and you never know what's been disrupted before you got there what you might accidentally disrupt because you don't know um we've been to so many paranormal locations that you know tim's a building operations manager and so he knows a lot about the ins and outs of buildings and he'll point at stuff all the time at just regular buildings that we go to that are historic and he'll point at things and say that's asbestos right there and it's just sitting out you know all the different things and you know he's like don't touch those you know they're those are asbestos watch out for that that's asbestos and you know there's other things too but it's so you know there's so many things that you could run into when you're an investigator you have no idea are dangerous you know, right. and then we're not even talking paranormal, just physical oh. stuff. But yeah, paranormal too. Yeah. And buildings are, yeah, like I said, buildings are bad. I just remember no penning. I mean, we were there in the wintertime, so we didn't have that asbestos flying around. <laughs> we just had ice skating rinks. <laughs> but um, yeah, crazy, crazy fact. So you just, I think the point is you just need to be safe wherever you are. Make sure you feel good and you're healthy before you go into anything, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, crazy. So speaking of the calling, so it's tomorrow night on the calling radio show um, right here on the Para-X radio network at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They are talking about, have you ever heard the calling? Not the show, but the voice of the universe. Sounds, sounds pretty, pretty deep. So that's tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Cool. Yeah, so yeah, so Jerry's asking about the smallpox vaccine is roughly what they're using for monkeypox. I did hear that. And he says, Dan, he says they keep coming back, not just bell bottoms. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, there's all kinds of crazy stuff happening. But um, yeah, it will be deep tomorrow. So everybody listen in and see if you've had the calling. So. Well, beans. Well, this hour went by super, super fast, and wow, it's been super fun to do it on the island. Can I just say, fun, yeah. fun, fun. Well, and speaking of where you are out west, uh, we have our guest next week is from yes. uh, that neck of the woods, right from Washington Beautiful. State. She yes. is a palm reader, and so she's going to join us and uh, talk about her craft and we get to ask her all sorts of fun questions we get to hear a little Mm -hmm. bit about how she got into it and what is uh, what it's all about and some things to look for you know she'll talk a little bit about she won't be able to do palm readings for us stuff uh, but uh, I know but she can give us some interesting little pointers she said Um, yeah there's some things that she can she can talk about so anyway I'm excited to have a palm reader on because we had a that came up I brought it up in our uh, paranormal smorgasbord and I thought I got to get a palm reader on so that was in July I think and I have I found one one. I know because that is something that we've never brought up on our show before you brought it up with the paranormal smorgasbord so this is a brand new topic for us so it'll be fun it'll be a learning experience for us and woohoo yep oh my goodness well next week so tune in absolutely the palm reading 101 i guess um but so i hear the music so hey everyone thanks for listening thanks for listening to me chat on and on and on about my wonderful magical island tonight because it sure has been fun um thank you so much to our service members who may be listening including the coast guard out here because they're doing a fabulous job but thank you for your service and please be safe yes be very safe everybody in the chat room Thanks for joining us. We loved having your 
side comments running and everybody listening yeah. wherever you are thank you for tuning into our show tonight um, join us next week here on the para x radio network thank you uh the para x for hosting us and sarge our most amazing producer as well thanks for pulling this all together we'll see you next week yeah. all right everyone